What's up, people? It's your boy, Random Joe. Tactical nuke incoming! It's your boy, Mike Nuke, a.k.a. Nukem. And we are... Opinions of some Average Bros. Without further ado, let's get to the show. Yes, sir. <laughs> Today, I'll be talking to you guys about the excessive use of deadly force by police officers. As you all know, for quite a few years now, there have been different stories coming up all over the news, all over social media, about different situations where the police was trying to apprehend somebody and for whatever reason, they pulled them over, traffic stop, or someone called the police on them because they might have been suspected of doing something. And that situation ended with the person being shot and killed by the police. In a lot of these cases, there has been outrage, and most of it has been justifiable. There's been protest after protest for justice for these people that a lot of people feel were wrongly killed by the police. Not saying that the person was like a saint or innocent, but there are other ways to apprehend or stop somebody without just shooting first and asking questions later. In a lot of these cases, you know, sometimes the police don't even get charged with anything. And sometimes they do. You know, they go before the grand jury or whatever. And unfortunately, quite too often, the police don't get charged at all and basically get off with murder, in my opinion, in some of the cases. Of course, the police getting off doesn't do anything to help with this situation because if the other police officers see that they're not getting charged, not losing their jobs, not getting sentenced with anything, it's not gonna give them that pause they need if they're in that situation to think like, yo, this guy, I guess, got 25 years to life. You know, I need to calm down reassess the situation and handle things accordingly. In most of these situations, the police used to defense that they were afraid, that they feared for their life. And I get it. A police officer is the kind of job where there are some threats out there and bad things can happen and we all are human and we all have fear. However, when you're in that kind of job, that kind of position, you can't let your fear control you. You have to control your fear. And for some of these officers that said this, I honestly believe that they were afraid at the time. And my question is, even though that fear might have felt real to them, does it justify the actions that they took? You know, there are people out there that have true, true, intense fear of dogs. No matter the kind of dog, no matter the size of their dog, they are just terrified of dogs, you know? So that fear is real, even though some of us might think it's a joke. However, those same people that have that intense fear of dogs, if a little chihuahua or something like that runs up on them, they're not gonna just stump on it and stump on it, grab a chair, slam a chair on it, crash your skull because they're so afraid. Their fear is real, but they understand that that little dog can't really do real harm to them. The point of this is basically to say that fear for something, real or not real, doesn't mean you have to react a certain way. And fear of something doesn't justify you having to kill it to protect yourself. And the thing that really bothers me about this is that when these officers say they fear for their lives, 
Fear is one of those things that, especially in a situation, nobody was there but them and the person. How can you really measure fear? How can you quantify fear? You know, how afraid was this person? Were they a little afraid or were they like, I'm about to shit my pants afraid, you know? And uh, to be honest, if you get that afraid in any situation, you shouldn't even be a police officer. If fear paralyzes you and controls you that strongly, you might need to get another job. Anyway, some of you may already know, some of you may not know that I served in the United States Army. I went to Iraq twice. I went to Afghanistan twice. The reason I bring this up because on deployments, we have something called the rules of engagement. And basically, those are the rules that set forth that soldiers have to abide by before we can use deadly force or, you know, confront the enemy. Now, the rules of engagement, it's not that long, but I'm not going to go over the whole thing. One of the key points is the first point, and it's something that I see missing a lot when the police have their interactions with people and use daily force or something comes up. Positive identification is required prior to engagement. Positive identification is the reasonable certainty that the proposed target is a legitimate military target. If no PID, contact your next higher command for a decision. And the reason that one is so important to me, because you see so many cases where the police be like, I thought he had a gun. I thought I saw a gun. Where is the positive identification? How are you going to shoot somebody when you're not even sure what you saw? It just makes no sense to me. You consider this person a threat. You have fear for your life. Yet, you didn't take the time to identify what the weapon or whatever that you felt you were getting threatened by. The point is that in a time of war, when your life is in danger on a daily basis, we still have guidelines. Guidelines for discipline, assessing the situation, finding the real threats, and targeting those threats. You have to keep a clear head and follow those guidelines. And I just want to add that if you don't, your butt is grass. We took the rules of engagement very serious at all times. People weren't trying to go to jail. People weren't trying to lose rank. And people weren't trying to lose money. Those things alone make you check yourself. Since the police are getting off a lot in these cases, they're not checking themselves like they should. They need more fear. They need more consequences. They need to see their peers suffering from these actions and maybe that would galvanize them to do the right thing. I'm not going to sit here and act like everything I say is right. Um, it's just my opinion. That's why this show, you know, called Opinions of an Average Joe. Um, if you agree, cool. If you don't, cool. Leave a comment, ask some questions. You know, as long as it's respectful, I'm going to be respectful back regardless. You know, we can open a line of debate, talk about it. You know, that's what it's all about, really. It's about, like, talking about things, maybe showing a different thought process on things, engaging others, starting a conversation. In upcoming episodes, um, I plan to have some guests so we can get some point of views that's just not mine. Um, if you're interested in being a guest, you know, comment, message me, hit me up on my Instagram, 
and come on over, sit down with me. If you got something to say, got something to express, got an opinion on the topic, let's go. Let's have a good time. Let's open up the debate and let's just talk and just, you know, express ourselves. All right, everybody. Thanks for uh, tuning in with our audio podcast. Uh, if you want, you can uh, check out our Instagram. It's at OOSAB underscore podcast underscore. Also on YouTube, we go live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Uh, you can watch that content as well. And uh, yeah, that's it. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Catch you later.